Guess what, guys? We're not doctors. No, we are not. So if you're going to be making any major medical decisions, please consult your doctor. That includes diets, surgeries, and exercise. We love you guys. And we want you to continue to be in our OSLP family forever. So be careful and consult your doctor. Yeah. Yeah. We just got our blood work done. Yeah, we did. And our doctors asked us, what are we doing to have such great blood work? Yeah. And you know what we told them? ProCare. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. We told them like, yeah, we take ProCare every day because they have a multivitamin that you can just take one a day. Yes, exactly. They have a capsule and a chewable form. And not only do they have vitamins, but they also have calcium, calcium chews. Oh, my God. They're so good. They're so delicious. It's like our own little sweet treat for the end of the night. It really is because they have the dark chocolate and they have the cinnamon roll. Yes. And I love the salted caramel and the dinner mint. All righty. We'll go to ProCareNow.com and use code OSLP at checkout to save some money. You guys ask us all the time, what is our favorite protein powder? Yeah, literally, we see this question Every day. And the answer is always devotion. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I even use it this morning to make my own sweet treat for nighttime because it's just a a brownie batter pudding. And you literally just use one scoop and then milk or water. And then I use it every morning in my profi. It's so delicious. Oh, my God. I want one right now thinking of it. Seriously, it's 20 grams of protein. So go get yours now at DevotionNutrition.com. And use code OSLP to save some money. Welcome, welcome back, OSLP family. Welcome, welcome. You are listening to Our Sleeve Life podcast. And this is Kelly. This is Ma. And um, I'm so excited because the award show. The award show. Oh, my gosh. So it is everywhere right now. And it, it is. is making me so happy to see everybody nominating their favorite people. I know. And it's the biggest thing that I want to get across is we want people to nominate their very best friends. You see what I did there? Mm-hmm. See what I did there? Um, because we are bariatric patients and we have connected with some incredible people yes, in this journey. Some amazing, amazing people. And so we want to highlight those people. So the people that you talk to, the people that have inspired you to either have surgery, to talk about PCOS, to talk about anything in this journey. Or even have a page, because I know some people were, are really nervous about having a social media page. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like... It's hard to have that. I did not have that in the very yes, beginning either. She did not. So, you know, like people inspire you to do those things. Mm-hmm. And we want those people. And they mm-hmm. can be on TikTok. They can be YouTubers. They mm-hmm. can be on Facebook and, and Instagram. So go to all of them and figure out which one. We have the categories in our highlights. Mm-hmm. So that way you can prepare and just go in real quick and nominate all your favorite people. Yep. Um, yep. And by the time this is airing, the tickets are on sale. Yes. How crazy is yes. that? Yes. Yeah. They go on sale June 1st. So you want to make sure that you get your ticket Mm -hmm. to come to Portland. This is going to be an in-person show. It is not a speaking engagement. We are just doing an award show. We will have people presenting and just having fun. We're going to be taking pictures. We are going to have like little light snacks there because as bariatric patients, we have to eat. That's right. Um, (laughs) We're going to have photographers. So it's going to be a celebration of this entire community And the people in it that make it as amazing as it is. Yeah, it's just a big party, big celebration for bariatric people. And we get to dress up. We get to dress up in like cool dresses Mm -hmm. that most of us have never been able to wear. Yeah. So we want you to come be you. We want you to dress up, be be your funky self and whatever you want to wear, you do it. That's right. If they're fishnets, wear the fishnets. Yes. And so if you want to um, nominate your people or if you're listening to this and it's voting time, because that starts August 1st, um, go to OurSleeveLifePodcast.com mm-hmm. and there is a whole award show page there is. where you can vote or nominate depending on what you're doing. That's right. Yeah. That's where right. We're at. And, and of course, our patrons get first pick too to all the tickets. Yes. And they have a special raffle we're going to be doing. So mm-hmm. anybody that's $5 or higher during a certain time frame, which we'll mm-hmm. get you that time frame soon, mm-hmm. um, we'll be able to enter in the raffle. And then you're going to be able to come to the award show yes. if you're one of our patrons. Yes. We're going to pay for your flight, your hotel, and you get to hang out with us and be mm-hmm. part of it. Um, so go to patreon.com forward slash OSLP and pick mm-hmm. $5 or higher. Our $7 
Color Tears our favorite because of our benchies. We have a full support group on Facebook and literally they've helped me through this trauma that I'm going through with my husband Mm -hmm. and they've been on top of it. They check on me and it's just really nice to have like that support system that I never knew I needed. Exactly. So if you guys need support, we're all there. We're all there to help. All there. Yeah. And uh, I did want to send a quick thank you to our sponsor of the award show. Yeah. Which is ProCare. We love ProCare. We take ProCare. You guys know that we do. And so Mm -hmm. we just want to thank them. Um, They have an array of supplements and vitamins that are specially formulated for bariatric patients. So we love them so much. Um, And then also make sure you go over to our YouTube. That's right. Yes, it is. You just go in, type our sleeve live podcast. We're the Mm -hmm. only one, only one. And you want to ring that little bell, click subscribe. It means more to us than it does to you, but please go do it right now. Yeah. Cause you get (laughs) new episodes every Tuesday, every Tuesday, you get a video. And then if you're on the video right now, then you actually get to see who we're going to be introducing here in a second. And what's really cool is that she's going to be at the award show because she's presenting an award. Yes, she is. We're so excited. So let's welcome on Jamie, the Miss Sleeve Dietitian. That's right. Hello. Thank you for having me back. I am just like sitting here listening to everything about the event, and I'm so excited. <laughs> I just cannot wait. I can't wait to get dressed up and just hang out with everyone and celebrate everyone. Mm-hmm. Um I'm also anxious. I've told you guys I have not officially nominated the people I want to nominate yet because I'm having such a hard time. (laughs) (laughs) I just love so many people, but Mm. I promise you by the time this airs, mark my words, by the time this airs, I will have all my nominations and I can't hold hold me to it. (laughs) Yes, because it closes June 30th. So you better better have them in before that, before voting starts. So we want to. Okay. We're holding you to it. So <laughs> last down. <laughs> so last time we kind of we talked about your journey and the tribe, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. I have had the chance to go in. We both have mm-hmm. look over everything. The summer shred is in full swing. Um, I'm actually picking up my workbook that I ordered today. So I'm super excited to start doing all of the things. Um, but we really didn't get to touch on your plastics journey. Yeah, because you've had several plastics done. Yes. So give us a scoop. So, <laughs> the last time, I think the last time we met up, I was only days out from my last plastic mm-hmm. surgery. So I just need to show you guys, I can lift my arms up again. Yay! They look so good, by the way. Anyone who can see this on YouTube or the recording, there this is go. my almost six week incision. So, um, nice. I guess I'll start from the beginning with like my plastics journey. Yes. yes. Um, Tell us yeah. why you got plastics. Mm-hmm. What, what was the drive behind it? So for me, um, okay. So I had my surgery again, just to kind of recap for anyone who maybe didn't listen to the last episode. Um, I had my surgery in December of 2017 and I lost a total of 112 pounds. Since then I've maintained about 95 to hundred of that loss. And, you know, after I had come up on about a year, year and a half post-op, I just, it wasn't that I felt poorly in my body. I was so happy. (laughs) I was so grateful for this journey. And I did have a ton of loose skin, like a ton. It was actually very trippy for me. And I'm sure many can relate where I wasn't sure if that was skin or fat still. Mm-hmm. So in my head, I was like, this is still fat. I have so much fat on my stomach. Mm-hmm. And when I went on my first plastic surgery consult, this, the surgeon and the, his assistant were like, girl, that is not fat. Like that is skin. <laughs> um, no more weight loss, no more amount of, um, exercise is going to tighten that up at this point. Okay. Um, the biggest questions I get is when should I have plastic surgery? And I kind of want to talk about that a little bit. I'm not a doctor, so please always talk to your doctor about that. But my surgeon does not like to give referrals until you're two years post-op and have maintained your weight loss for about a year. Um, I started going on consults a year and a half post-op because I knew I wouldn't be able to actually have my surgery until two years post-op. So I personally, on my journey, and I don't say this to like scare any person because everyone's journey is totally different, but I stopped losing weight around 10 months post-op. I lost the majority of my weight, like in the beginning around 10, 11 months post-op is when I hit my lowest weight, stayed at my lowest weight for a decent amount of time. And then 
as we all know, most of us don't stay at our very lowest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't really consider it regain. It's that little bit of rebound that I've experienced. Um, but I had maintained at my lowest for quite a while, What I didn't anticipate was my body to keep changing, even if the number did not. So yeah. it's been really important to me on my journey is exercise. And I do CrossFit now and, you know, change my body composition and building muscle. Mm-hmm. And although the number hasn't changed, my body has changed drastically. So it's, it's really, really trippy because, you know, now granted I did have the plastic surgery to remove skin, but I'm in smaller gene sizes now than I was at my lowest. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah. So interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which has been a huge mind game, which I'll talk more about too, because plastics in itself is a huge mind game. Yeah, bet. Um, so in 2017, no, I'm sorry. That's the yard. My cert. My, <laughs> <laughs> it's wild. Year 2020 was a, a wild year for everybody, but yes. I got married February 1st of 2020, right before the pandemic, got to go on my honeymoon, the whole thing. And then my first plastic surgery was scheduled for March 11th of 2020. Oh, shit. The state of I'm in Connecticut. The state of Connecticut shut down March 13th. I was the last elective surgery that was done at that hospital Ooh. before shut down. Wow. I got in just in the nick of time. And during this time, I was still working full-time at my clinical job. I had my business on the side. I was seeing bariatric patients, but that was not my full-time gig yet. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think everything happens for a reason because most, most people would take the six week recovery time to actually watch TV. Me on the other hand was like 24 hours post-op working on my newsletter and like getting my business up and running. (sighs) At the time I was working at a nursing home, um, skilled nursing facility and they got really like infested with COVID unfortunately. And it was really sad and really awful. So I ended up working remotely for the next few months, even after my recovery period, my FMLA that I had. And then I just never went back. I ended up resigning and now I do this full time, which I'm so to do. But I always, the reason I point that out is I do think everything happens for a reason. And had I not had my plastic surgery when I did, I don't think I would be doing what I'm doing right now. Cause I don't think I would have had the time to Mm. get my ducks in a row to actually pour my heart and soul into what I do for this community. Mm. So my first plastic surgery, what did I have? I ended up having, (laughs) um, and abdominoplasty, which is a tummy tuck okay. and a breast augmentation. I did not have a lift. I just had implants. Um, do you guys want me to talk a little bit about like the insurance? Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. I know, I know that, and this is, I don't want to say it's like taboo to talk about, but like everyone's biggest question is like, how do you fund plastic surgery? Mm-hmm. Um, and as I just shared with you, I just got married. We had just bought a house. I was, you know, was really not in a position to be having plastic surgery. Um, but up until my first consult and even after I had experienced like infections in my belly button okay. from all over the skin. So I continually went and got that medically documented. You can't document it yourself. You can't just take pictures of it. You have to go see a doctor and have it documented. Right. Okay. So since I was like six months post-op from BSG, every time I had an infection, I called either my PCP or my dermatologist or even went to the walk-in center. Nice. So by the time I went on my consult, I had so much documentation, medically speaking, of issues from the loose skin. Okay. So it's annoying to go to the walk-in clinic each time. And at the time I was on my parents' insurance, so that was very nice (laughs) Um, to do that. Um, But they documented the infections for like over a year. Nice. So, um, I, I, I don't publicly share my plastic surgeon on here. He's not on social media. He doesn't want a social media presence. And I don't know. I just like to be mindful of who my medical professionals are and sharing that publicly. Mm-hmm. Um, but my surgeon, I will just share is through a hospital. A lot of people don't think to go the hospital route. A lot of times we're searching hashtags on Instagram to find plastic surgeons. Mm-hmm. And usually the most well-known ones pop up. Right. Or the well-known in your area pop up on your Google search mm-hmm. as to be expected. However, those are the more expensive ones because they're the most, you know, they're the flashiest. Mm-hmm. And if you go to a private plastic surgery center, in my experience, or because I went on multiple consults, mm-hmm. um, when, when you go, they can really quote you whatever you want, whatever they want. It's you know, that's their business. Yeah. Okay. Or when you go through a hospital, my, cause he, his quote was so much lower than anywhere else I had gone. And I'm like, mm, that's suspicious, suspicious. Like what? You're like, why? <laughs> this is weird. Why? And he explained to me that the hospital pays him his salary, regardless of which procedures he does. So it doesn't 
he doesn't, there's no inflation of pricing. Gotcha. Okay. It is what it is. Um, so I also felt really comfortable going to him because it was interesting. I went on other consults at private plastic surgery centers that were more costly, but they all swore up and down. I needed other procedures too. Mm. So for example, I did not end up doing a lift. I just did implants. I have 370 cc saline implants on the other consults I went on. They all told me I absolutely needed a lift at the same time, but they would not look good without a lift. Uh, My surgeon was like, listen, go on more consults. If you want, he's like, you do not need a lift. He's like, anyone who's trying to get you to do a lift is trying to upsell you on their services. You do not need a lift. So I was like, okay, cool. Like I felt very comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and at the time (sighs) we were, going over everything. So we knew we were going to do the implants. We knew we were going to do the skin removal on my stomach and Mm -hmm. I submitted to insurance and the paniculectomy portion got approved, which the paniculectomy, there's no cosmetic procedures attached to that. It's strictly to get rid of the excess skin, which is like the apron of skin that hangs. Okay. So they approved that piece, but I did have to pay out of pocket for the muscle repair, smoothing it, making the belly button look nice because otherwise they don't cover that. So um, that was really nice. And what's what's great is when insurance covers part of it, they're already paying for OR and anesthesia time. Ah, so, nice. And what I've learned, so I've done plastics a lot now, if you kind of double dip into the system and if your surgeon does two procedures at once, you're going to get a better deal on your surgery because you're not paying for OR and anesthesia twice. Right. Yep. So my insurance covered it and I had his extra fees and I'm, I'm totally okay with being transparent about price. My total cost for my breast augmentation and my tummy tuck in its entirety was about $5,000, which I've heard get quoted absurd amounts, but again, insurance played a role and we did it at the same time. Right. So I had to pay for the implants. I had to pay for his few fees. And it, what it came down to was, okay, are we going to do an abdominoplasty or are we going to do a fleur de lis tummy tuck? Ah, what's the difference? So an abdominoplasty is when you have an incision from like hip bone to hip bone and they pull everything downward. Okay. Um, and F, uh, a fleur de lis tummy tuck is called an FDL. So the incision goes from right where your chest is to your pelvic area vertically and horizontally from hip bone to hip bone. Okay. So that's why I, which I'll get to that. I, I did not opt to, for an FDL to begin with. I did not want the big FDL scar. Yeah. <laughs> Personally, I did not want that. Um, I was worried it wouldn't look right. I was worried it wouldn't, I have like OCD, like, and I don't say that jokingly, like I genuinely do. Um, I was really worried it would be crooked and drive me nuts until the end of time. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> so I, and we talked about it. He's like, well, you certainly, and the reason you do an FDL as opposed to just an abdominoplasty is if you have a lot of skin above your belly button, you, it, that's not going to be taken away with simply pulling downward. The reason an FDL works is because you're pulling the skin in two directions. You're pulling it down and pulling it in uh, and pulling it in also gives you more of like an hourglass look. Okay. Um, it was an extra fee. It's a bigger procedure, yeah. but that was the determining factor per se. It was, um, the fact that I didn't want the scar. So we talked about it and he's very like liberal in his approach where he's not going to give you extra procedures unless you need it. He's like, well, if you don't want the scar, like I respect that scars are a big deal at the time I was 26, I believe okay. um, you're pretty young. Like you, like, if you don't want that scar for life, like I, I get that. Yeah. Um, we decided on the abdominoplasty and I felt like, you know, it'll be tight enough. It's not going to be an issue. So I had my surgery all went well. And the thing with plastic surgery is the recovery time. I mean, you're usually it's like six to eight weeks to like be back to your normal activity, but mm-hmm. to really see your results, it takes like a year because wow. things settle differently. Right. Um, don't know exi- and plastic surgery is not magic. I can't stress that enough. And it's not that your surgeon doesn't do a good job, but like revisions are so normal because you don't know how your body's going to heal or settle or what things are going to look like. Yeah. It's almost like a form of art, like the way they're like re-sculpting you. Um, so that first year went by, you know, COVID time, stuck in the house, whatever. At first I was very, I was happy, but I struggled. And this is like the mental piece that I think is important to talk about in my head. I kind of had this empty promise that once the skin is gone, then I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. Then my problems go away. I'm really very thin under all that skin. Mm-hmm. I have a good shape under that skin. Oh, I'm much smaller than I am under that skin. Mm-hmm. 
yes, but also no. Yeah. It's not like wake up and you look like a Barbie doll or Kim Kardashian. Yeah. And I have this anticipation of what I should look like in my head. And it did not look like that. So my body, I, I genuinely also am like clinically diagnosed with body dysmorphia and I see my therapist for it. Okay. Um, my therapist told me recently, she's like, I'm not confident everyone has body dysmorphia, but she's like, you definitely do. So we're working on it. And I'm open and transparent about that. But my body dysmorphia did not get as bad as it was until after plastics. As oh. weird as that my, my body dysmorphia got worse because in my experience with, with losing weight, like, yes, you're losing weight rapidly in that first one to two years, but it's still progressive enough that it's not an overnight change. Mm-hmm. And even though I wasn't happy with the loose skin, particularly my stomach and honestly, like even like my breasts, like there was no tissue left. It was just skin. Mm-hmm. And as someone at the time who was, I was 24 when I had my weight loss surgery, 25, 25 like I'm, I was sort of like really young. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> like seriously, I was like, I, I don't want that. I feel like I'm at this and you don't have to be young to have plastic surgery, but for me, it felt like the right time. Um, but when you see the outline of your old self, just kind of deflated, you still recognize it as you yeah. for the most. I'm not diminishing body dysmorphia before plastics at all. Cause we all experience that to some extent, I think mm-hmm. but after plastics, I didn't recognize it at all because it was an overnight change that no longer looked like me. Mm-hmm. But the piece of this that's important is I probably should, you know, my, my surgeon was honest with me. You're still going to have skin above your belly button. If you don't do the FDL, mm-hmm. I thought I'd be okay with that. But as time went on, after I started to heal that first year, I was doing a lot more, you know, workout wise, you know, lifting weights and my body composition changed to the point where I had even more skin than before. Oh. I really, yeah. And if you go on my Instagram, like I show you, like you can see what the skin looked like right after my tummy tuck versus a year later when I was pulling at it again. So I had so much more. I did not lose weight. This is also important. This is why the number on the scale is not the end all be all. Mm-hmm. But like I mentioned, my pant size went down. Uh-huh. My, I was building muscle and losing fat. So the weight kind of stayed the same, but my body changed. Yeah. And I, up with so much more skin. Mm. Um, so I went back to him. He, he agreed. He's like, you got a lot of skin up here. Mm. Um, and while we were at that consult, so this was last summer, summer, 2021. Um, I went back and we decided we were going to do the FDL and Again, if you do two procedures at once, you do. He's like, "Is there anything else you want to do?" Yeah. And I, I was like thinking about it. He's like, <laughs> "I love him. He's so great." But he was like, "What about what about that skin on your side near your bra line?" Like he wasn't like being like insulting, but he's a surgeon, so he sees those. Like you could tell it was like bothering him how much side skin. He <laughs> he's like, "I want to so, fix it. Let me fix you." <laughs> so we were just going to do like a little snippet on each side, but then we did a further consult and he's like, you have a ton of back skin, which I never realized how much back skin I had until it was gone. Mm-hmm. So what we ended up doing was an FDL and a bra line back lift, which the incision for the bra line back lift goes from like under like your, where your bra is like on your side all the way around. Wow. Like, um, so I did that in the FDL at the same time, because again, cost wise, it made sense. Insurance did not cover this. So in okay. retrospect, probably should have just done the FDL to begin the with, I don't yeah. regret it, but like I made the decision that was right for me at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of the reason I prefaced all this was saying like, wait, like making sure you're far, far enough out to have plastics. Had I known my body was going to continue to change beyond the first year or two, mm-hmm. I would have waited because yeah. my body continue to change. Yeah. Um, so that's something to really keep in mind because these surgeries are not cheap yeah. and it's an investment of time and energy and it's, it's, it's a huge decision. So in October of 2021, so this past October, I had the FDL revision and I had the backlist. Now in total, again, my surgeon, I'm, I'll be transparent with the pricing here. I haven't, I've talked about a little bit on stories, but Um, I know that's what everyone always asks, but because he's through a hospital insurance did not cover any of this, but he quoted me 6,300 for both those procedures. Wow. Wow. Very good. Yeah. Um, Very reasonable. Yeah. Reasonable. So I said, okay, um, we did it. It went great. The thing is when you have a much larger procedure, blood flow gets more compromised because you're split open longer, essentially. So I had 
and they had to flip me during surgery because oh. they did my front and my back. My back healed beautifully. There were no issues at all mm. on my skin. Also, my surgeon is really great about placement of scarring because when I wear a string bikini, you cannot see the back scar. Like it literally perfectly places where my bra line is. Wow. It's nice. It's amazing. Um, so unless you're like searching for it with like a backless dress, you can't see it, which is nice. Yeah. Um, huge incision. But there was knock on wood, no wounds, nothing with my FDL scar, which he went really high. And he was trying to, ex- one of the things he explained to me that when you do the FDL, they kind of cut like an oval out and pull it in. Oh, you can't pull too tight at once. Cause if you pull too tight at once, it like strains the incision and it will separate. Okay. So as tight as he felt comfortable going with the FDL. However, because it just takes so long, parts of the skin, like lose blood flow during the procedure. Mm-hmm. So we to three post-op is when you develop wounds, which is anticipated to have little tiny openings. It's not a big deal. Okay. I ended up having an opening, not super big, but it was right above my belly button, which was fine. Except once the scar healed, that one part did not look great just because it had separated. Yeah. Um, so I went back to him back in January for one of my follow-ups. So January, 2022. And what had happened was it had opened up to the scar. Didn't look super great. Again, this is not like a perfect experience. It's always like how your body heals, like the whole thing. And there was still little like pooch of skin right here. And I'm uh, like, what the hell? Yeah. And, and he didn't want to pull too tight. And he he's very transparent. He explained that to me. He did not want to pull too tight because he worried about compromising the whole scar sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so there was that. And then I developed what was called a dog ear on my side right here. Okay. So a dog ear is like where the, where the incision ends, unless you're pulling in two directions, it just kind of stops. So skin can spill over. Um, so I had like a spillage of skin on my side and that, you know, scar thing. So he said like, why don't we do the revisions? And he said, I'm going to cover the entire cost of the revisions because wow. felt like that's like on him. Yeah. It was you know, it happens, but he's like, I'll just, we'll just go into the OR outpatient and fix it. And then he says, since I'm covering the cost of the OR, is there anything else you'd like to do? <laughs> well, in a perfect I mean, if you're going to pull my leg, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I won't get one free plastic surgeries, I guess. Exactly. I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> that's what, that's what my thought is, is mm-hmm. like, okay, what else is there? Because yep. if I'm going to so, be in there, might as well get know, it done. In a perfect world, I would have done my thighs. My thighs have a ton of skin. Um, however, I've chosen at this point and even a couple months ago not to do my thighs because they're supposedly like the hardest recovery. Yes. I don't want to be out of the gym that long. I was already just out of the gym for, you know, in the fall for that, you know, FDL and back, which was a huge procedure. I was out for like eight or nine weeks. Wow. Finally getting back into the swing of things. And here I am doing a revision again. I didn't want to be down for the count that long. Yeah. yeah. So we decided to do my arms and I never thought I would do my arms because they weren't like the highest level of importance to me, I guess, in terms of other areas of my body. Again, super transparent here because he was just, he was covering the cost of the revisions. He's like, I'm just, we were going to, here's the thing. We were going to do a mini arm lift. So an arm lift goes from like your armpit to your elbow. Yeah. Uh My skin was kind of just here or so we thought. So he was going to do a mini arm lift on each arm. Okay. Mini arm lift just to get rid of that little bit of skin here. No big deal. Well, <laughs> he, he quoted me $3,000 for that. And okay. I could not say no to an arm lift for, for, for you're never going to find that. Usually arm lifts are like 15 grand. Yeah. So in total for all six of the procedures I've had, breast augmentation, tummy tuck, FDL, back lift, FDL revision, arms, it has cost me under $15,000. Wow. I say that is I want people to know it's possible to find affordable, really great plastic surgeons because I've heard people getting quoted thirty, forty thousand dollars right. for not even half of that. And that's getting, I think people have not that it matters what anyone thinks, but I think people have this idea of oh my god, you did all of this work, you must have paid like a hundred thousand dollars. Like yeah. hell no. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you do it properly, you know, if you're trying to do it more like on a budget, you know, you can find a surgeon through a hospital, you can go through insurance, you can kind of double dip with these procedures. That's how I've made it realistic. Otherwise, you know, I don't know that I would have done all of these. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So that's just me again, being super transparent that if you want plastics, I don't want you to think that it's out of reach just because of the financial piece. Right. Obviously, if you go to a big plastic surgery center, that's very well known and flashy. And like I said before, it's going to be different, but, um, that's just something to consider. Yeah. So anyways, I love a good deal. I love a bargain. (laughs) I love a discount. So I couldn't say no to the arms. So we went in we did the arms. Um, it was not what I expected because he ended up doing a full arm lift instead of the mini. That okay. was his call during surgery, which I honor and respect because mm-hmm. I'd rather it look great than look botched. Yes. <laughs> he, there was much more skin than he realized essentially. Gotcha. And I think you work out for so long and do have so much muscle. It was hard to realize how much was actually skin once he got in there. Mm. So again, I got a bargain because he did the full arm lift for the price of a mini. That's right. <laughs> totally impacted my healing because I wasn't anticipating being so swollen. My arms out of all my recoveries was absolutely the hardest recovery. So even the FDL revision we did was like no big deal. My arms were hellish for me because I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't supposed to have any drains. I woke up with like three drains, ended up having to have way more help than I thought. And the thing I didn't anticipate with the arms was the swelling Mm -hmm. because obviously you swell with any plastic surgery, but the swelling goes downward. So it just sat in my hands and fingers. And when I tell you it hurt to move my fingers, it hurt to move my fingers. Ugh, yeah. Um, and you're super limited. And I didn't block off a lot of time for myself for recovery. So I was like two days post-op with my arms propped up with my laptop on top of my pillows with my clients. I'm like, Hey guys, <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> I'm right here. No, literally, I should have my Zoom calls with my arms with pillows propped up. I'm like, this is so horrifying. Um, <laughs> if you ever wonder if I'm if I show up in a real way, I absolutely do. What you see is absolutely what you get. You are yeah. very um, dedicated. I love it. Very dedicated. I was not canceling my calls. <laughs> um, we still had a great time. I needed to be working and seeing my clients and my tribe members because it kept my mind off of how uncomfortable I was. Yeah. Um, it was also uncomfortable. It's finally starting. This is only a couple of weeks ago. It was finally starting to get warm here. So you ha- I had like gauze on my compression tank top under it had to wear shirts over to cover the compression. Like I was so hot and uncomfortable. So if you're listening to this, if you can avoid doing arms during the summer, I a hundred percent recommend it. Yeah. That's a good tip. That's a good tip. While you're healing, you're not supposed to put deodorant on because it's right where your incisions are. Ah, fuck. Disgusting. Yeah. One of the biggest questions I got while I was recovering was if I was able to like care for myself, like hygiene wise. Mm -hmm. So like, am I disclaimer? Like, yeah, I could go to the bathroom by myself. Like, no worry with that. Okay. All right. <laughs> everyone, everyone wanted to know that. Like, did you need help? No, I did not need help. That was fine. What I did need help was, was, was changing the bandages. Because okay. there's only something you can do with one arm. Even to empty the drain, I couldn't do it while only having one hand available. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't get my compression on by myself. So my, I could only shower when my husband was home because I needed help getting the compression back on. It was gotcha. really difficult. Okay. 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 And your tattoos, they never, it didn't come into play, right? Like, because I yeah. can see them on your arms. So I wanted to make sure. That I they... feel like this one you can see differently because obviously they pulled it like different. Okay. My lower arm tattoo, no, not at all. And this one actually, I don't know if you could tell, but my tattoo doesn't wrap all the way around. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. So it never wrapped all the way around. So it had like no impact. Nice. Um, yeah. Nice. So when everything's said and done, I'm very, very happy. The first I've never had buyer's remorse for any surgery, like after weight loss surgery, after any plastics, I never had that feeling of why the hell did I do this to myself? That's yeah. never, it's always been worth it to me. Arms were the first surgery that I said, why the F did I do this? And I think it's because I was never originally going to do my arms. I did it because I was taking that bargain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That asked me by. And in my head, I'm like, this wasn't worth it to me. So another piece of advice, make sure that the pain and the recovery and the swelling and the whole process is worth it to you. That's why I'm like still on the fence. Like there's some days where I'm like, yes, I want to get plastic surgery. And then there's other days that I'm like, eh, do I, do I want to put myself through that? Cause it's a lot. I don't think I had prepared myself well enough either for how hard it would be to do two major surgeries within six months of each other. Oh yeah. yeah. I was like, didn't I just fucking do this? Like, yeah. 
because it was a, it was like an eight, nine week recovery from the FDL and back lift. I did that end of October. So I wasn't like cleared to get back in the gym till like Christmas time. Yeah. I had just gotten back in and here I am in March doing it again and it was medically safe, but like emotionally and mentally, it was really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really glad I did it. I'm much happier now, especially with my, my scar from my FDL. It's really great. I'm really, really excited. my arms. I also, I also scar really well. I scar really, really well. My surgeon even told me because he knows I'm on social media. He's like, please tell whoever you're talking to on social media, not to compare your scars to theirs because he's like, you scar abnormally well. Um, um not to say other people don't, but like, this is only six weeks and you yeah. can't see it. Yeah. Um, even like my stomach, like you can hardly see it. And I just genetically scar really, really well. Um, okay. So other people I'm sure do too, but part of like my healing is I think also just my body. Um, I do follow every one of his instructions to a T, but a lot of are like either with keloids or purple or red. I just, I always scar in a very light, like very silvery, like skin tone, Mm -hmm. but obviously there's some marks and bruising still that will go away, but I'm pretty sure in the next year, this is going to be hardly noticeable. Oh Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same way. I don't scar very easily. And because I had two little dots that were like collections of skin where they just kind of like bubble over each Mm -hmm. other. So I had a dot under my eye and I had a dot on top of my eye. And I went and saw uh, a lady that does like takes it away. It's like hydroblast, I believe is what the term is. Yeah. And she like, she was looking at my skin and then she did the procedure and she was like, oh, you won't even be able to see, like there will be no scar Mm -hmm. from these like whatsoever. You'll be fine. And I was like, cool. She's like, you have the really good skin for like not scarring. And I was like, oh, thank you. I do have a random question for you. Since you've gone through so many surgeries and obviously some of them are longer recovery than others. Um, like being a woman and going through like your cycle, how do you handle things like that because of movement and trying to make sure everything's clean? Like, how does that That's even work? That's a really good question. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, we're, you know, spilling everything here. Um, <laughs> I, the thing is when you have plastic surgery, with any surgery, it does mess with your hormones. Mm. I don't know if you guys can tell, but I'm like super broken out still. Like my face is just so broken out the last few weeks. And I think there's, there's kind of two factors there. One, like anesthesia does weird things to your system. Okay. Um, some people even experience like hair loss again after anesthesia, just okay. from that in general. So it does mess with your hormones a bit to my understanding, not a doctor. This is just, this is not dietetics advice, by the way, guys, this is just my personal experience. Yes. Um, and then it, there's hormones that are in your fat cells and in your skin. So when you remove large portions, your hormones shift, and this can happen for like, again, the healing process is like up to a year. Yeah. As far as actually like caring for myself, hygiene wise, it was never an issue. Okay. Um, it was, Listen, I can tell you the, I don't know how TMI we're going to get here, but like the word TMI doesn't exist here. So yeah, we we like to know all of the things. Yeah. Okay. I will go. So the worst experience, honestly, was after my FDL and back lift in the fall. Um, One, you're super uncomfortable from swelling, being in the binder, being all gauzed up, being in pain. Mm -hmm. Um, I had taken, I don't usually take pain meds that I had because they make me sick, but I had to take a couple and pain meds and anesthesia do make you constipated. That's like a known thing. Right. So I was taking, as soon as I could stop those, I did. And I started taking like Senna and some like laxatives to like counteract that. Mm -hmm whatever reason it wasn't working. So my stomach just kept having horrible cramping and grumbling. Oh. So I had that on top of the plastic surgery. It gets worse. Um, then I got my period, which oh. okay. then not thinking they put you on super heavy duty antibiotics while you're healing. And normally I call my, my doctor before that to avoid like infections. Yeah. Like yeast infections. Like let's just be transparent. Yep. And I, got to get on the, whatever it's called before that. So guess who was laying there constipated with stomach cramps after the, her whole body sliced open with her period in an infection. Oh my God. Oh. And I, tell you, I wanted to die. I kind of wanted to die. Yeah. Oh, no. That's why I asked because I have brutal periods. And she so does. 
the deal is I was like, hey, how would that work if I can't move to like clean? Because I feel like it's a shit show. Like when I've never had an issue with moving to clean, even like I said, even with my arms, like I was able to like reach behind, like do the whole thing. Okay. 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 Cool. (laughs) That was never an issue. The thing is though, you can't, every surgeon has a different protocol. My surgeon doesn't want you showering for a week, which is disgusting, especially when you can't work deodorant on because every surgeon is different. Some people might not have that experience. Well, maybe not a full week, but he usually does surgeries either Wednesdays or Fridays. And my follow-up was his follow-ups are on Tuesdays. So when I had my back and, um, FDL done, it was on a Wednesday. I didn't see him till Tuesday. He did not want me touching a thing until Tuesday. Oh, wow. And I had like, basically they put these binders on. So you have like this gauze and the tape and I have very sensitive skin. I actually developed some blisters on my skin from the binder being like kind of too tight and swelling. Mm -hmm. Um, so for, and he took note of that for this last revision, he did not, he, he like wrapped me all up differently. So it was better, but, um, suit that, that's the thing. Plastics is not so much painful in my experience as it is horribly uncomfortable. Yeah. You're yeah. super limited. You can't really walk very well. Like it's just an uncomfortable experience. And as someone who uses movement for her mental health, yeah. it's really not a good time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that that's plastic surgery is so mental in my experience. Okay. It's, I think we see it. And again, I'm super real and transparent and not everyone feels comfortable being as open as I am, I suppose. But I think we can look at other people on social media or other people who've had plastic surgery and be like, Oh, that looked easy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, well, cause you're not living it day to day. Yeah. You're watching the, it, the good times of it. You guys watched me come on my stories the last few weeks and go, Oh yeah. There's another thing that I, I don't even know if I shared this cause it was so traumatic, but maybe I should share it here too. Yeah. Um, I'll share it here too. Why not? (laughs) Today's the day guys. Um, So when I went in for surgery for this last one for my arms, one of the things I had never thought of was they can't put your IV in your arms before surgery because they're operating on your arms. arms. Yeah. So where they They put it in your foot. Oh, weird. You know how bad it hurts getting an IV placed on the top of your foot. And I have a super high pain tolerance. I'm really good with pain. I almost walked out (laughs) because my veins and my feet were too small. They couldn't get it in. They tried it six times. Oh, fuck. Time (sighs) burned. And by the time I like, like the next couple of days, like my feet, like had these huge, like bruises and swelling and like bumps, like from like blowing out veins, essentially. Yeah. Eventually they had three nurses standing over me trying to do it. Eventually the anesthesiologist who's technically like a doctor, he was able to do it. But by that time I was literally sobbing because yeah. it, every time it burns so bad. Oh, Again, I'm not going to scare anyone, but like, so my, my good friend, not you, Mel, my good friend, Mel, who's also works with me in the tribe. She had her arms done a few months ago and I called her a couple, like two days later, I was like, you didn't tell me about the IV in the foot. She's like, it was too traumatic. I couldn't reshare that. I'm like, I could kill you. She's like, like, I didn't want to scare you. I'm like, I wish I knew. Yeah. Cause you mentally prepare for that. Like you can totally. I also, I love you, Mel. If you're listening to this, it's (laughs) we're good. You forgive her now. (laughs) I was like, how dare you? (laughs) Oh, wow. Because I have a tattoo on my foot and that was fucking painful. Yeah, like painful two hours of a tattoo and like my foot swelled like it was insane. I cannot imagine an IV. It was in the foot horrible because if you picture like it was awful, it was cringy and awful. And then as soon as they start, once they get it, it still hurts. And then they start pumping meds through it and it burns. Yeah. 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 10 out of 10. Not a good time. That's Um, that's like when you go to the hospital and they always prefer to put put it in your arm. Right. Like right in the crook of your arm. My veins in my arms are they're split veins and they're deep veins. So a lot of the times you cannot find them in my arms. So they've actually had to pull out like the x-ray machine thing where they kind of hold it over and like find the vein. And I'm like, just put it in my hand. Just put it in my hand because that's what. And they're like, but that hurts really bad. And I'm like, just put it in my hand. Just don't offer your foot. Yeah, don't offer yeah, the foot. No, no I can do the hand. The hand is painful, but it's it's doable yeah. because I'm used to it now. 
because like I go in monthly for infusions and my infusion guy, he knows that it only goes in my hand. It, we switch each time. So it's yeah. either this hand or this hand and it goes back well, it's and forth. interesting because like Eric right now, he had up to three different ones. Yeah. The one was in his, in his bicep. So I'm like, you guys can just put this thing anywhere. Like, yeah, I mean, if there's a vein. I was like, holy shit. Because they're like, we're going to take the one off your neck and we're just going to put it in your bicep now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so... Anyways. <laughs> I think it, and they, ca- they couldn't find a vein, so they kept switching foot, like trying to find a foot that would work. So like... Oh, no. <sighs> your it, poor feet. I feel your Listen, pain. I, I live to tell the tale. Yes. But... <laughs> that was that never occurred to me till I was they're like oh yeah time to put your IV in. and they go to my foot I'm like what are you doing yeah <laughs> yeah well because you think like well you're working on my arms but you can still use the vein like right yeah, so that's so, good to know for people that are doing their arms yes. or thinking about doing their arms be yes, prepared yeah. for the foot vein oh so I'm for, until further notice I am done with plastics I I'm, I'm honestly like it's fun and exciting and kind of that next leg of your journey for a while for mm-hmm. people who choose to do it mm-hmm. I am a, I'm very grateful for my surgeries I'm very grateful for my surgeon I'm grateful that I had the opportunities to do it in such an affordable way in terms of plastic surgery yeah. like fifteen thousand dollars is still quite a bit of money over like three years but yeah. it's it's doable as opposed to maybe right. some other you know, options. Mm-hmm. I'm very, very grateful. However, I'm over it. I'm done. If I am not doing my legs, I've done most of my body. I just want to, I just want, I'm just learning for myself personally to live in this space and be happy. I am no longer trying to lose weight in a perfect world. Would I lose 10, 10 to 15 more pounds? Sure. But like, I'm happy with my body. I'm happy. Yeah. Like in my journey, that skin that was bothering me so bad last year left over from my tummy tuck is gone. Like I just genuinely want to be present and enjoy this and like celebrate all that I've accomplished and done. Cause I don't, I never give myself that credit. Yeah. And even my doctors, so I'm always going back to like my PCP or my surgeon. And I'm like, I just would love to lose like 10 more pounds. And they're like, why? Like you're fine. It's yeah. like, I'm harder on myself than anyone else's. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying for right now. Like I haven't been on the scale in about two months, which has been really good for my mental health. Like I'm just, I'm excited to kind of live my best life this summer and really enjoy, you know, this new body that yeah. I I have now and to yeah. not have that in there. Like it's still very trippy. Like um I, my neighbor who I love, she's a really good friend of mine. Her and I both have like our social media pages and she has this really pretty tree in her yard with like pink flowers. She mm-hmm. and she it's funny, we have like a fence and we'll like yell over the fence. Yeah. <laughs> she's like pictures the tree looks really pretty so like I went over yesterday and we took like some pictures in front of like this pretty like pink tree and she's like your hair is gonna look great next to it and I took the she gave me the pictures back and I was like I just stopped from it I'm like that's me yep like that's that's really me and that's what I really look like like I don't think I look like that in my head because of the body dysmorphia but Mm -hmm. seeing in the picture I'm like why do I feel like I need to lose more weight I don't like so just navigating maintenance continuing with all the great habits and learning to truly like accept myself. And I wish this was, I wish I had been able to do that or knew to do that sooner in my journey, whether that was the first year post-op or the first plastic surgery route. I wish I had stopped promising myself that I would be happy later. Yeah. And I'm trying really hard to practice what I preach and be happy now. And you're, because if you're waiting to be happy just at you know, once you hit a number or once mm-hmm. the skin is gone, there's mm-hmm. always something to nitpick. And I've found myself even doing that the last couple of weeks. I'm like, oh, like nitpicking stupid things. Yeah. I'm like, not stop. We're not doing that. Yeah. We're not doing that. We are well, not doing And that. happiness is not, it's not a destination. No. I know that's such a cliche thing to say, but, no, but it's, it's, true. it's true. It's like, that's a mindset. Yeah. Like you can be happy at any point of your journey. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be like, oh, if the scale says this, or if I get these plastics done, or if I get my hair dyed, whatever, like you just need to be happy with yourself personally, like the inside you. So it's right. like, we have to and, do that work. And I say it all the time, like, yes, we're here for weight loss, but this journey was never about the weight loss. It was about getting to live your truest self and your happiest self and your healthiest self. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes along the way we get caught up in like the hype of it all. And we forget that. Yeah. Like there are days when I nitpick or have like a bad day. And all I can think of is Jamie 
you know, four years ago, Jamie, before this whole journey would be so mad at you right now. She would think that you were the most ungrateful, like little bee she ever saw. Like that's what I would think if I had, if I could like, if if past, if the past version of me could see me now and see me not being grateful Mm -hmm. and so happy and everyone has bad days and that's never Mm going to change. But I have to remember where I came from and all that I've accomplished. And I think that that's true for everyone on this journey because yeah. it's so easy to fall victim to constantly tearing ourselves apart. It yeah. takes diligent work to not do that. Yeah. And we talked about that on our live together. Yeah. And I've used that. Like we've used that against each other. We We're have. like, hey man, past you would be so mad at you for being mean to yourself right yep. now. Stop it. Yep. And it's I, so true. Oh, and I actually posted, so I took over workout workout Wednesday yesterday because Mel's been with in the hospital with her husband mm-hmm. and um dad Rob wrote on there he was like what do you think your past self would have seen watching you do all of these exercises and being like happy yeah and I was like she would be so proud of me yep like and you're real I just got chills you're real yesterday you had me like all in my feels because I related to this so like deeply thank you because it's it's when you look back at it, it's like I I did this so I didn't have to live in four walls. I right. did it so I could actually live my life. And that life has turned into such a great thing. I mean, yeah, there's always going to be points where it's like, oh, I could do better in the gym or I could do better with my eating or whatever. But the moment that I'm in right now, I'm happy. Yeah. And so that needs to be celebrated instead of being like, Oh, but I need to do this. Oh, but I need to do this. The thing I see so often in other people and the people that I work with in my programs is people are hesitant to let themselves be happy because there's this limiting belief that if you let yourself be happy, you're going to just stop working hard and then you're going to fall the week, come back on and you're back where you started. You don't have to run yourself into the ground to stay consistent. You can stay consistent and be happy and present. And I'm trying really hard to lead by example. And I think that's one of the things like, obviously like, I help other people on their journeys, especially with nutrition and mindset and hold other people accountable, mm-hmm. but that helps hold me accountable. And the thing that I think no one thinks of or realizes, especially, you know, I'm, I'm four and a half years post-op people who are coming into this community who just have surgery do come to the tribe and, you know, look to me for resources. And as an example, and I'm so honored to do that, but I think we forget, like, I'm still on my own journey and I'm still navigating each new phase too, yes. because it never ends. So right. I'm, really honored to get to experience some of these things before sir. And there are people ahead of us too, you know, we learn from each other, mm-hmm. but it, I feel like every like nine months or so I'm presented with a new challenge. Like the universe just keeps testing you. Yeah, it does. And <laughs> it's continually like pivoting and learning what you got to do and navigating this journey because there's never like, j- listen, like I lost the weight that I'm going to lose. Maybe someday I'll lose that 10 pounds right now. That's not the goal. Mm-hmm. I've had all these plastic surgeries I'm still not sitting here going, well, I'm done now. Yeah, <laughs> <It's over> no. now. <laughs> Cross the finish line. Like, no, it's like, okay, now I got to get back into my routine at the gym. Now mm-hmm. I got to rebuild that strength that I lost, you know, while I was recovering this last year, you know, now I have these, you know, these other goals and things to look forward to. You never just stop. And I think that that's both terrifying to mm-hmm. think that it never ends and also reassuring to know that you didn't just hit the end of your road. Yeah. 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 Well, you never do. Mm-mm. You always have to, like you said, you have to, there's no end in sight until you die. Yeah. <laughs> like you, so like you said, you have to like that went dark real quick, but I mean, it's true. It's true though. I mean, <laughs> you're like until you die, until you die, <laughs> but you have to keep like every time something gets presented to you like say you your gym closes okay so you're you're not just gonna be like well I guess I never go to the gym again no you're gonna pivot you're gonna find a new gym and you're gonna go to that you know it's it's different life is always gonna throw these obstacles in your way and your goal I think my goal as a bariatric patient is I'm learning that you just have to take it in stride and then figure out how to overcome it this is why there's no such thing as perfection. This is why, like, I talk about it so much on my page in the program that if you're trying to be perfect, you're making things way too hard for yourself. Yep. That doesn't exist. Do the best you can in the moment, day to day. There's no such thing as perfect eating or the perfect bariatric plate or... I had a bad day. So therefore I ruined it all. Like none of that. You have every single moment of every day to keep evolving and changing and doing better. And I hope that that makes people feel more hopeful than scared because it's, it's exciting when you're like, I, 
probably haven't reached my fullest potential yet. I still have a lot of things to do and that's exciting. Yep. Yeah, I think definitely agree. It really is. And it's just like, it's, it is a lifelong journey and we can't mm-hmm. stress that enough. Mm-hmm. And yes, it is a little, like a little dark when we say like until you die, but that's the deal. It's just like how, like when you're working at a career, like that's a, like some people work at those jobs for 30 plus years, mm-hmm. you know, they're not stopping at like year two because like, well, this is further. So I'm going to get like, that's not yeah. how that works. It's the yeah. same thing with you your body and your mindset. Like mm-hmm. it's an ongoing and, process. It doesn't and, stop. I don't want to get to the end of my life and realize I didn't do the things I wanted to do. Exactly. I did surgery and I chose this for myself so mm-hmm. I could travel to Dallas and meet my bariatric best friend yeah, that's and right. go do all the things. Yep. And I don't want to, I also don't want to be 80 years old someday and be like, wow, I missed out on the last, you know, however many years of my life because I was too afraid to eat something out of fear of weight gain. Right. I don't want to fear food either. I want to have because at the end of the day, if I really wanted to lose that extra 10 pounds, could I? Sure. But it would compromise my life in so many ways. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to have these spontaneous trips where I get to, you know, like if you're too afraid to go live your life out of fear of regain too on this journey, mm-hmm. that's also not healthy. Yeah. That's what this program that I'm doing is for is to remind yourself that if you have to compromise every other area of your life in order to hit a weight goal or to sustain a weight goal, probably not your healthiest weight anyway. Yeah, it's, it's not, not worth it. it. I'm not cutting out 90% of my life just so that I can lose like 10, 10 pounds more. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that will yeah. say. Yeah. So well, it won't stay there too. Like I've no. said that to myself, like if I wanted that extra 15, 20 pounds gone, I can make that happen. Like it just takes a lot of dedication, a lot of work, but then it might just come back anyway. Like yeah. my body might not like being there. And that's why like I am been maintaining the same weight for four years now. Well, and we enjoy our tequila. We enjoy our tacos. Like we are enjoying There's life. so it's... many charcuterie boards in so little time. I'll be exactly. Damned. I will be damned if I pass up a charcuterie board situation on a Sunday brunch. Exactly. So, Thank you. Exactly. You know, Thank you. You know, it's, it's not all or nothing. Right. And if yes. you decide at any point in time, you do want to reel it in and lose more weight. You have full permission to do so if, and when you want to, you don't have to do it all right now. Yeah. Yes. Thank I love you. It. I love it. Well, I think Thanks that's a good Jamie. place to end. Yeah. yeah I- this was so great. Yes. Thank you for sharing your whole story and being so transparent and open mm-hmm. about everything. Cause I know a lot of people are, they want to know the ins and outs of plastics yeah. and because you've had so many procedures, it's good to know what to kind of expect. I think it's also important to know, like I never anticipated having all these procedures. Yeah. I kind of just, I have my tummy tuck and breast augmentation and be on my merry way. Yeah. So, you know, Again, I think just releasing expectations in all aspects, you know, goals, but releasing the expectations, I think is really important because you just don't know how things are going to go. Love it. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you coming on again. And I'm sure we'll have more in the future because, yeah, yeah, like we just. So many fun things in store. I I cannot wait. I I can't wait to hug you in June for the ASMBS conference and and then to see you again at the award show. Yes. Yeah. So exciting. We're going to have a blast this year. This is going to be the best year ever. (laughs) This is going to be our year. And for anyone who's listening who does not know, I announced just this week that we are doing Tribe on Tour. So the Tribe is my signature program, The Real Insights of Bariatric Eating. And we are all about community and support. My slogan has always been find your tribe. Um, And it was that my tribe was inspired by old school bariatric meetups that used to take place way pre like COVID times. You know, people would go to these meetups and say, find your tribe. Mm -hmm. And now we're in a position where we can actually meet people in person. So the Tribe Tour is essentially in-person bariatric meetups hosted by, you know, my my brand and my program where we go to different stops around the country and we have six stops already and hopefully many more to come. But our very, very first one is going to be in June on June 7th in Dallas, Texas. Yes. I will be there for the ASMBS meeting as will Mel and Kelly. And yes. we are going to do a tribe meetup, which you do not have to be in my program to join. So right now only our members have access to purchase tickets, but once they have ample opportunity to secure their spot, any remaining tickets, I will put publicly on my page. Yay. So you want to join us you do not have to be a part of like the program or anything like that we just want you to come and meet us and get to connect with each other and have a really great time so right and as always all her stuff will be linked in the description yes we will have it down below you guys can click on that and go look at all of her tribe stuff use oslp you get a discount Mm -hmm. to become a tribe member and it is worth it it 100% worth it it. we have um, benchies that have joined and they love Mm -hmm. it so yes 
yes. so excited. Yeah. It, I just love bringing our communities together, more support, more resources and more connections. So I can't wait to hug you guys in I person. Know. Yeah. It's like less, together. it's like three weeks away. It's scary. That's fucking wild. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. And by the time this airs, it will probably, we have probably already met and you've already yes. probably seen it all oh, over face, all over Instagram. So, you know, whatever. I'm so excited. All right, ladies. Thank you so much again for having me. Thank as you. So thank you. <laughs> all right. And we love you guys and we will see you next time. Bye. Hey, listeners, if you've enjoyed your time with us, please rate, review, and subscribe on any platform that you get your podcasts. Also, check us out on patreon.com forward slash OSLP for exclusive content with your favorite girls ever. Yeah. And also, check out our YouTube page. Subscribe, hit that little bell so you get notified when our new videos drop a week after they are released. Yeah, and we would like to give a big thank you to Anne-Marie Cruz for our logos, Eric Vaughn with 17th Street Studios, because he provides our music and our recording yes, space. Thanks for listening to Our Sleep Live podcast, where we are breaking that stigma one episode at a time. 